Hello, everybody, and welcome to What's the Problem, the show that explores problems, situations, issues, concerns, really anything that's a hot topic to discuss in the world of cybersecurity. And today we are fortunate uh, to have a fantastic guest on the show, Clark Barron. Say hello to our listeners, sir. How are you? It is very, very good to be here. I've honestly been looking forward to this uh, since, since our first conversation. I'm, I'm super pumped to dive in. As are we. So Clark, tell our listeners, why are you qualified to talk about security? So I came into cybersecurity as, as an outsider. And um, I, I was a, a long-term old grizzled uh, indus- uh, agency that working with uh, digital marketing uh, agencies, working for small brands, big brands. And uh, now uh, I'm in cybersecurity and have been for uh, a few years now. I've, I've worked with all kinds of products, all kinds of services, uh, security awareness training to threat intelligence to appliances and and you name it and um i i take a quite a different approach to marketing in cybersecurity as a whole which which you know about and you know we're certainly going to dive into um but yeah uh, the the landscape of marketing in cybersecurity is is something i'm i'm quite passionate about and uh looking forward to that, to diving in Right on, right on. I, I love that breadth of experience, you know, um, everything from working on the vendor side to working on an agency or consulting side. Um, not that you need my validation in any way, but it's just awesome to have um, folks who have been, you know, across the board, not just on one side of the fence or another, but also in different areas of security. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's really awesome. And I'm actually going to cheat here, Clark. Normally I ask the guest hey, what's an issue that you'd like to talk about with our listeners? But I actually already know the issue that you want to talk about because you and I have been talking about it. And yeah. that issue is the concept of ethical marketing in cybersecurity, uh, otherwise explained as, you know, can we talk about white hat marketing versus black hat marketing in the world of cybersecurity? So Clark, what in the heck am I talking about, man? Ethical marketing and white hat versus black hat with regards to marketing? Like, get, get our get our listeners up to speed with where you and I have been. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. I uh, after being in cybersecurity for for some time, uh, after coming from the agency world, you know, I, I started to realize that there there are so many sim- similarities in what we do as marketers and what you know malicious actors do uh in in the world of cybersecurity and you know some of the things that uh our buyers are trying to defend against uh are, are tactics that they're already used to uh trying to to stave off and, and keep at bay and, and we're just using the same ones against them like uh, doing our research on personas, you know, where malicious actors are are doing a recon, and we, we're installing automation to try to uh, retarget them and nurture that account, and just completely dominate and control that relationship to where you know we we see wherever they go, and and so it's it, it's things like that 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 have made me rethink some of the the approach to marketing and try to inject a little bit of self-awareness and empathy into some of the practices that, that we use. And I, because I'll say this, I, I, I in no way want to paint marketers as, as 
malicious actors or or black hats but I, yeah we sound I, like terrible people so far uh, yeah ex- exactly <laughs> and so and you know i i've had tons of conversations uh, about this and it it just so happens that while some of those tactics might be similar our intention is very very different obviously like we want we want to c- connect with our buyers we want to provide solutions to some very, very serious problems going on in the world of security, but somehow there's still a very strained relationship between vendor and buyer. And so I, I wanted to try to dig into the psychology of that and, and figure out why. And so I thought, hey, m- maybe, maybe there's just this in, innate feeling with it, within our buyers that, that causes them to repel, you know? Um, it, it, are we missing the, the mark somewhere? And so w- once I started to make those similarities, I went, there's gotta be something here, you know? Now, when you talk about missing the mark or are you talking, that was a kind of a high level statement. Are you thinking sure. like the product, uh, the, the product marketing? So the message and the ideal customer are in misalignment. Is it the execution? Um, you know, maybe the message is great. People just don't want to receive 600 phone calls a day from you as a vendor. Um, like what, yeah. what do you think is, is in misalignment there or, or is it all of the above or right. nothing that I've mentioned? Well, I, I, I will say that there, there are a lot of things happening on the vendor side uh, with marketers in particular that are awesome. There are so many podcasts and so many pieces of content out there that are dedicated to working on the relationship between uh, marketers and our audience um, tons of, of effort going into, uh, improving the, the ways of old, you know, um, and, and we'll get into that, uh, a little bit, but for the most part, just taking, taking a different approach that puts our, our audience first. And you mentioned, uh, like execution versus, uh, a couple other things. And I, I think that with something like messaging, there's, there is improvement to be made there. You know, it, it, take a look at this year's Black Hat. How many, how many booths did, did everyone see that said 100% protection? Do you think our, our buyers believe that? You know, is that, is that kind of out of touch? Right. Or are, we ju- are we just trying to compete with each other? And, and we're losing track of who we're actually trying to market and ultimately sell to? So who, who really is our audience? Is it each other? or the people that, that actually matter, you know, and in terms of, uh, execution, you absolutely nailed it. You know, the, the phone calls and the emails and whatnot. Um, you know, I, I've been in a position to where, and this is where, you know, empathy and self-awareness comes into place. I've been in a position where between being, uh, between me signing an offer letter and the moment that I got my login credentials for my new company email account, I actually had over 20 emails from vendors already waiting in my inbox without knowing who I am, what I'm actually going to be doing in terms of like the full scope of my role. And, and it was just, it felt like ambulance chasing, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and from there it just became relentless, you know? And, and so we go through that all the time as marketers with MarTech vendors. How does it make us feel when they do that to us? 
So why would we turn around and use the same tactics towards our buyers? That's a great example of, of self-awareness, of you know, placing yourself in someone else's shoes. Someone else's shoes. Like, yes, this is the play that you could spin up um, and that you have the ability to run that play having been run on you, you know, how would you react? Um, Absolutely. That's, that's a great, that's a great information nugget or an action nugget um, for the listeners. You mentioned the ways of old, and then you very quickly talked about having 20 emails waiting in your inbox before you even started. So am I to infer that one of the examples of kind of the old ways um, that are not empathetic and not self-aware um, are to uh, effectively not personalize and or not even know what the person is going through or what they're trying to achieve in their role when you're reaching out to them? Is that, is that an example of one old way? And, and if so, what are some other old ways? Yeah, that, yeah, that, that is a, a primary example of that. We have to have a focus on building personal relationships and, uh, you know, sales does that and they're, you know, they're improving every day. Things on their side are getting a lot better. But in, in terms of uh, uh, marketing, we control a lot of things that, that sales doesn't have a hand in. And some of that is messaging or depending on your role positioning or, you know, what, sure. what is the brand? And so the fact that we're throwing, we're just carpet bombing information and outreach uh, out there before we even have vague information about our actual buyers, whether you're doing, uh, you know, a vertical approach or an ABM approach, sure. you, you've got to do that research before just uh, carpet bombing would really be the word. And um, yeah, I, I honestly think a lot of that has to do with uh, alignment in, in goals and, and KPIs, you know, if you're looking for MQLs and that's it, and you don't have a, you know, a, a well, uh, well laid out definition of what that actually means, if you're just trying to collect information or what, then sure, that might be a way to do it. But as a marketer, I, I, I don't like to go off of just a, a blind MQL or something like that. I, I take, I take a lot of pride in what I do and uh, I, the teams that I work with do as well. And so we, we want to contribute. We want to provide additional lift and, and hold the hands of our buyers a little bit further down the funnel. You know, we, we want revenue. We want gr actual growth. You know, if we, if we put more focus on long-term growth of the organization that we're at, then everybody is going to thrive and our tenures at these companies are, are going to be fruitful for us and everyone involved. Yeah, I've got an example I wanted to share with the listeners. And this is a phrase, it sounds, I always think it comes across as a little bit callous and it's just super direct. Um, and you, you can attribute that to my German heritage. Um, half German. So um, that's, <laughs> that's just what my German people did. Like they're very direct. Uh, I always say, when you can pay me in clicks and MQLs, I will worry about clicks and MQLs as the primary uh, motivator and the primary metric that we're going after. Um, but as far as I'm concerned, uh, there's no altcoin called Google Ads clicks that exists right. that pays me that I can turn around and pay my mortgage with. 
Right. So ultimately, well, I, I need traffic. Clicks are essential, right? If they're not getting there, then they can't convert into anything down the line. But that being said, it's the beginning of, of that relationship. So I, I always kind of use that that phrase. I'm just like, until you pay me in clicks and MQLs, like, what are we really doing here? You know, this doesn't Absolutely. seem to be the metric that everyone is going to rally around in this organization. Um, one one follow-on question before we transition to our last question of the show. I just asked you a little bit of you know the ways of old and kind of painting that picture and naming some of those ways. Yeah. Um, gave a very gave a very vivid image with the concept of carpet bombing. And I, I can feel that I can feel being carpet bombed by a bunch of vendors. Like I've, right. I've been there. <laughs> and, yeah. and I will also admit, probably with our own marketing, we've probably made somebody feel carpet bombed at one point. It wasn't intentional, but it, it you know, it's what we did. Like and that's the thing. We definitely yeah. We've all done it. Um, so let's, let's, let's end on a high note and not on the, this visual of carpet bombing people. What are a few ways of new that you would recommend to the listeners? Yeah, absolutely. Um, provide value and ask for nothing. Give them something that, that not only want, not only that they want, but what they need. And as, as a vendor, take a look at, at your product and see what problem it, it solves triple down on it and don't claim to do anything that it doesn't like a hundred percent protection or, or something like that. Just th- yeah, that's, that, that's not good. Yeah. That, that self-awareness, you know, I, I, I was uh, watching another podcast uh, recently where uh, CISO was saying, you know, if, if you go to something like, like black hat, just come to help. And as a marketer, in terms of the kind of content that we're putting out there, you know, there, there's a, some debate on, uh, well, I'll say a lot of debate right now on gating versus uh, ungating content, uh, et cetera. Right. You know, that, that's an entire rabbit hole. But put yourself in the shoes of someone that wants to help. They have problems. That is one of the most stressful industries on the entire planet to, ben- to, to be in. And we have to provide lift for them without asking anything in return until we've earned a relationship with them. And if you just, if, if you keep that top of mind and your focus is in your focus is on value, then you're going to win. You have to let them know that there's, there's no game going on. You're not trying to just bait and switch anyone there's no, nothing shady going on. You, legitimately genuinely want to help them and the way you can do that is just to provide as much value as humanly possible and ask for nothing because the more you do that when they are in market when their budget comes around you have been in touch with them this entire time and they're going to remember that when they needed x you were the one there and you didn't ask for a thing I am totally going to turn myself into a fib where I said that was going to be my last question before we transition to the end. I do have one more. Sure. Because I, I, I just love this concept of earning their attention and earning their trust and earning, um, earning a relationship with them. Can you tell us about a time when you, when you earned the trust and earned a relationship with somebody at some point in your career? Sure. Yeah. Um, at a previous position, we were doing uh, security awareness training, and uh, you know, there's there's some really really big players in that space, and 
we had a prospect that was uh, having an, an issue with a, a different vendor and, um, and they came to us with, uh, well, it was actually cold outreach and uh, we had provided some, some research uh, to them and uh, they actually called us and said, Hey, I've got an issue with this. Do you know anything about this? And what they were talking about was our competitors um, platform and running uh, like phishing uh, simulations for um, employees. And so without sure. being, without being uh, a customer, nobody had written us a check at all. Uh, you know, we, we provided data to them, not necessarily as a sales or marketing tactic on, on our side, but um, to, to validate their own data, we, we basically acted as a consultant for um, a, a company that wasn't paying us a dime, you know, and sometimes you got to, you got to take those, that pro bono work that honestly, it's, it's not going to be really any, any amount of time that's going to set us back in, in any way and just say, Hey, yeah, we, we've got a couple hours. Let's, let's jam on this, you know, because it, you know, it, there's value there for us com competitive Intel, but also that's what we're there to do. We're there to help. And so how can we help? I love that line. How can we help? And that's the perfect transition um, to our final question. And Clark, you know, we ask this of all of our guests. Um, mm. So we always talk about at the very end of each show, we ask the guest to tell us about a terrible haircut they've had at some point in their life. So Clark, tell us about your hair, terrible haircut. So if you take a look at any of my pictures on online, they're, they're, they're fairly casual and uh, actually pretty recent. Uh, and in most of them, you'll notice I'm wearing a hat. Um, so the worst haircut I've ever had, I'm going to say is the one that I have right now. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> My 12 year old daughter, well, actually now 12, recently turned 12. And uh, I'll give you one guess as to what she wanted from me for her birthday. Uh, in addition to I think I you know, know. <laughs> in addition to a new longboard, she loves to skate. Um, she got to cut my hair. So <laughs> um, I, I've had pretty long hair and a giant beard for quite some time. And so uh, I cleaned up the beard and uh, yeah, she and, uh, and my partner, my, my wife were, um, we're just, yeah, it's uh, we're, we're going to take care of you and you're not allowed to look. And and so I, you know, I can either shave it off or let it grow out. But uh, yeah, for the time being, uh, we're just going to roll with a, a myriad of different hats, caps, um, you know, headdress, what, whatever's lying around or, you know, turning off the camera on Zoom, you name it. Um, but yeah, I'm going to say right now. <laughs> but, you know, the, uh, the, the look on her face when I told her she could do it handed her a pair of scissors. Uh, that was all worth it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Clark, this has been a real pleasure, my friend. I appreciate you making time to be on the show. A lot of times our listeners reach out and they say, Hey, that Clark guy, he said some things that I, I could really get down with. And I, I'd like to talk to him a little bit further uh, professionally. 
for folks who want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, LinkedIn, you know, I, I, I've got it open in a, in a tab somewhere or on my phone all day. You know, um, if you go to my profile, um, you'll see a couple featured pieces of content where, you know, I've, I've had some conversations with folks and this will be there as well, uh, discussing this exact topic. And, um, you know, I, I welcome all, all conversations because the, the ultimate goal is for all of us to rise together and, and, to get, and, um, you know, I, I think the, the way that we do that is maybe taking a, a different look. And some of, some of those conversations can be tough. And in terms of, you know, like you said at the very beginning, kind of makes us sound like terrible people. Well, we all know we're not. We all know <laughs> that, that, we, uh, that we just want to help. And so let's figure out a better way to do that and be, and be more effective and, and really connect. And I, I, th I think one of the ways that uh, we can really do what I mentioned earlier about earning that relationship is to start with us and, and just jam on topics like this, just like we are. And, you know, put out some, some sensitive topics that nobody's really talked about in a while or, or wants to and see how we can improve. And I, I, I would welcome uh, any conversations, anything that I can do for any of the listeners out there. Um, I'm, I'm looking to provide value. So there you go. If I can provide value for you in any way, reach out, let's do it. There you go. That's the invitation that you all have been waiting for as listeners. Clark said, reach out and, and talk to him. And in that vein, wanted to thank the listeners and also follow Clark's lead. So here at MKG, we're actually in the process of turning our different content distribution, planning, and production workflows into Asana templated workflows that we can share with you. So if anybody wants the workflows that we are using um, to help our clients. We are happy to share those with you. All you have to do is go to mkg.marketing, hit us up on the contact page, and we'll make sure to copy those uh, links over into your Asana instance so that you too uh, can have some workflows that you can mess around with. So finally, to our listeners, thank you for listening to What's the Problem? The show that explores problems, situations, scenarios, and issues in the world of security. Until next time, have a good one. Thanks, everyone.